0: I'm Cassidy Hayes with Hayes Farms, HF Genetics, and Double H Cattle in Port Lavaca, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today.
1: Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. I've got another episode
2: of Texas Ag Today loaded up and ready to roll for you. All you gotta do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're gonna take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A, Texas agriculture. In the news today, the final wheat seeds are going in the ground for the 2024 crop. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley.
3: It was an up and down season for sorghum in the Texas High Plains. I'm James Hunt and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today.
0: Just ahead, a corn recap for 2023 and a look ahead to new corn traits for 2024. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. This is James talking in
4: East Texas. The last time we talked, I was visiting in other parts of the state of texas but back at home in this deep east texas area that i live in everybody was in a good mood the holiday season was here oh yeah turkey's popular but the beef producers i talked to really happy right now
2: we'll have those stories plus texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up the last of the texas winter wheat crop is now going in the ground At last weekend's Texas Farm Bureau Convention in Frisco, I caught up with John Paul Deneen, who grows wheat in Ellis County, south of Dallas.
5: Well, you know, it's kind of like the the uh, finish line. We finished uh, sowing wheat three days before convention, so that's always a good thing. Hopefully when we get back, we'll be able to uh, see it you know, spiking out and everything. We had a lot of rain that broke our drought, but that kind of made it a little difficult getting wheat in. I call it tippy-toe, and we had to kind of tippy-toe around, leave some stuff. But uh, all in all, it's it's in, and I think we're going to get it up to a good start, hopefully.
2: Denise says the moisture situation is much improved in his area but they still need more
5: Moisture's doing pretty good we have gotten some runoff in some parts of the county to start filling those tanks up which is important to our cattle producers and everything uh, other guys haven't got uh, the benefit of that so we're hopefully going to get you know some winter rains with some runoff uh, lately we've been just getting kind of small quarter half inch rains uh, nothing nothing big as of late
2: Denine says cattle producers are facing a big challenge this winter, with forage supplies low because of the summer drought. The move to stop automakers from taking AM radio out of new vehicles continues to move forward. Texas Senator Ted Cruz took to the Senate floor Tuesday to push the AM radio for every vehicle act. It's a bill that he's sponsoring in cooperation with Democratic Senator Ed Markey. Cruz says Texas farmers, ranchers, and rural residents will suffer if AM radio is not available.
6: AM radio is particularly important for rural America. Texas has enormous quantities of our state that, that, that is rural. And in rural America, there are many parts of Texas, many parts of other states where farmers and ranchers, the only thing they can get is AM radio. And when they're out on their farms or ranches, they rely on AM radio. For weather reports for crop reports for news for sports for entertainment taking away the option for rural america of am radio is bad for farmers and ranchers in america
2: cruz was asking the senate to pass that bill by unanimous consent however there was objection from some key senators the bill has strong bipartisan support with 44 co-sponsors 22 democrats and 22 republicans Here on the Texas Farm Bureau radio network, about 40% of the stations running our farm programming across the state are AM stations. It was an up and down season for sorghum on the Texas High Plains. James Hunt looks back at the 2023 sorghum crop.
3: For area sorghum, 2023 got off to a big start, with acres going up significantly from the previous season, especially after many farmers turned to sorghum as a replant option when a very rainy spring wiped out their plans for cotton. But things became difficult for sorghum when a long summer dry spell set in, Here's how Brent Bean of the Sorghum Checkoff describes the Texas High Plains sorghum season.
7: We were about a rain or two away from making a good crop, but we really missed that rain or two. crop came up, looked good for the most part, off to a good start, and then it turned off dry, and and we just needed that one more good rain in a lot of cases.
3: So overall, how much would you say uh, production was curtailed by the, the weather?
7: Oh, gosh, pretty significant. I mean, like I said, that you know, the acres were up, but certainly between Amarillo and, and Lubbock, especially south of Amarillo, there was a fair amount of those acres that unfortunately just didn't get harvested. You know, when you get that wet weather early, it doesn't get a good root system under it. And so when it does turn dry, you can't utilize what maybe good moisture you might have had that was deeper. And we just didn't get that timely rain, you know, first of August right in there. We just didn't get it like we usually do. So that caused some acres to be abandoned or grazed out. That being said, there was a lot more limited irrigated sorghum planted. So we guys, maybe we're going to plant cotton or maybe even corn. They went in and split those circles with corn and sorghum, or maybe whole circles of sorghum. And that limited irrigated sorghum did well. So we kind of made up from a total production standpoint because we had more of that limited irrigated sorghum around.
3: That was Brent Bean of the Sorghum Checkoff at last week's Amarillo Farm and Ranch Show. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
2: Now we take a look at the corn crop. Tom Nicoletti looks back at the 23 crop and ahead to next year's corn crop.
0: My guest today is Jamie Horton. She is DeKalb Brand Manager with Bear Crop Science and and Jamie, let's talk about the year in regards to the corn crop in Texas and uh, elsewhere. How did it uh, fare?
8: So from a DeKalb perspective, we certainly saw that in 23, corn acres were up. Uh, we had a lot, of, a lot of corn out there. Of course, we're continuously dealing with some uh, weather conditions, uh, namely uh, dry conditions. And so continuing to build on the consistency in those new genetics that we have within DeKalb.
0: Yes, it certainly has been dry in Texas uh, over the last several months uh, with uh, that drought that uh, Texas producers had to endure. Looking ahead to 2024, what is on the horizon for corn products from Bear Crop Science?
8: So certainly excited to bring out a a brand new launch class of products like we are every year, but also excited to bring new traits to the market, namely VT4 Pro with RNAi technology. This is gonna be a a brand new protection against above ground traits, bringing that tricepta trait in, but also some rootworm protection as well. Really excited about bringing those products, and I think it'll have a nice fit in that Texas market, especially on those corn on corn acres or where we are concerned with some root worm pressure
0: certainly with the drought that the farmers had to uh, deal with any new tools in their toolbox can only be helpful
8: yep we certainly want to maximize those yields and I think DeKalb's consistency and high yield potential that we've seen has a really nice fit to handle some of those uh, tough weather conditions that we can certainly get in Texas I'm, you know really excited about the new products I'd say one thing is you know we we continue to uh, really focus on the exclusivity that we have within DeKalb as well
0: that is Jamie Horton she is DeKalb brand manager with bear crop Science. Science. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
2: There is a positive attitude in East Texas agriculture right now. James Duncan has this update from Marshall.
4: As I traveled throughout East Texas, stopping at our favorite places, that is the country stores and the cafes and the feed stores that still exist in those areas, I found cattle producers in a really good mood. Seems like the weather has been just about what they wanted this fall to get those winter grazing pastures up and going. Now, we had some storms and the like, but for the most part, warm weather, right moisture at the right time, made for good growth on the pasture. So they're looking forward to a winter that they can survive in. If we don't get a, another one of those snowmageddons, we'll be all right. That's what they're looking for and hoping for because the cabin season this fall has gone very well. And as long as we're getting a lot of calves on the ground, that just means a better market when it comes time to sell. Now, the older producers that I talked to, well, they they think it's just better than it's ever been. Talked to one producer. He said, I've never seen prices in 65 years as good as they are right now, and I'm looking forward to the possibility of culling my herd down, selling off, but buying some younger cows to replace with or to at least keep my good young cows and move the older cows on out. Good market, good good time to do it, and a lot of people are looking at it, and some of our younger producers, he said, need to look in and visit with some of us old-timers and get some of our better cows for the next couple of three years that are still producible, and uh, it'll, it'll work for their future in the cattle business. So it all looks good in East Texas for the season that we've got coming, and then springtime, and the eternal optimist always looks for that green grass in the spring. If it works out that way, we're going to be in good shape as far as beef cattle are concerned. The market holds good. It'll just be that much better. Now's the time to put the pad and pencil in it, figure your costs down, manage your cattle right, take care of them, and you'll be okay in the cattle business. That's what the old timers tell me. And the young young men, they got to look real close to find the deals, and then they can go from there. This is James Duncan reporting from East Texas for Texas Ag Today.
9: The public now has more time to weigh in on a proposal to list two blind catfish in Texas as endangered. I'm Jessica Duhlmol, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today.
2: And cattle producers spend a lot of time monitoring pregnant cows, but they shouldn't forget about the bulls. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next right here on Texas Ag Today.
10: We're
1: keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Cattle producers spend a lot of time during the winter
2: monitoring pregnant cows. But Dr. Bob Judd says you shouldn't forget about
11: your bulls. Taking care of the pregnant cows is important, but we cannot forget the bulls as they need to be in good shape and ready to breed in the spring. Frostbite on the scrotum is one concern, certainly more in South Dakota than in Texas, but it still could occur, especially in the panhandle. It appears as a scab or discoloration and sloughing of the scrotum, which decreases the ability of the bull to regulate the testis temperature and could lead to infertility in the spring. It is important to have dry areas for bulls to winter and adequate cover from wind and snow as wet and cold conditions increase the risk of frostbite. Nutrition of these bulls over the winter is important and depends on their age and condition. Mature bulls can be managed on pasture or hay only, assuming the forage contains 10% crude protein and is fed at 2% of their body weight. So a 1,500-pound bull would need 30 pounds of forage per day. Although you may not need to supplement protein and energy, it is likely a vitamin-mineral supplement would be helpful during the winter. This is different for yearling bulls after their first breeding season as they are still growing and need enough nutrition to allow them to gain about 2 pounds per day. So these bulls need at least 11% crude protein and likely energy supplemented as well. On a body condition score scale of 1 to 9 with 1 being emaciated and 9 being obese, these bulls need to be about a 6 on that scale which allows them to lose a little weight during breeding season and still be in good shape. However, overconditioned bulls are not successful breeders as fat in the scrotum leads to increased temperature and decreased fertility. I'm Dr. Bob Judd, and this is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The public has more time
2: to weigh in on a proposal to list two blind catfish in Texas as endangered. Jessica Normal tells more about it in today's Wildlife Report.
9: To give people more time to weigh in, the US Fish and Wildlife Service has extended the public comment period on a proposal to list the toothless blind cat and wide-mouth blind cat as endangered under the Endangered Species Act. The toothless blind cat and wide-mouth blind cat are two cave-dwelling catfish species from the San Antonio segment of the Edwards Aquifer in Bear County. FWS says the blind cats are in danger of extinction throughout their range due to mortality from uptake by groundwater wells. The catfish were first discovered in the early 1900s from fish ejected from groundwater wells. They are among the smallest catfish in Texas, measuring no more than a couple of inches long. Adapted for caves, the fish lack pigment and developed eyes. They live in a very deep and little-studied region of the Edwards Aquifer that is inaccessible to humans. According to Fish and Wildlife, given the depth of their habitat, neither species survives ejection from groundwater wells tapping deep portions of the aquifer. They are considered among the rarest fish species in the world, according to Fish and Wildlife. FWS says they are committed to having a robust public engagement process as they consider the proposal to list the Edwards Aquifer blind cats as endangered. They say reopening the public comment period gives all interested parties Additional time to provide those comments. The public now has an additional 30 days to comment on the proposal to list both the blind catfish as endangered. The deadline is now January 8th of 2024. You can read the proposal and find a link to comment on the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service website, fws.gov. That is fws.gov. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dommel
2: it's time to check those markets we'll be back with a complete look at the livestock cotton grain energy and financial markets coming up next keep it right here on texas ag today
10: texas farm bureau has served farm families in rural texas for nearly 90 years We're giving
1: you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today.
9: Live cattle traded lower on Thursday as technical and fundamental weakness kept traders hesitant to enter the market. This week's weekly export sales report also revealed a marketing year low, down 98% from the previous week. December live cattle down $1.10 to 162.35. February live cattle down a dollar 2 to 162.52. April live cattle down 72 cents to 165.95. January feeder cattle up 12 cents to 210.27. March feeder cattle down $0.57 cents to two eleven seventeen. April feeder cattle down $1.22 to $2.14.42. Boxed beef was mixed Thursday. Choice down $1.94 to $288.62. Select up $0.44 cents to $260.34. Now let's take a look at those livestock auctions. We're walking the pins with Larry Marble.
4: Doug Bass, Cattleman's Columbus, sells them every Wednesday. Let's let him tell us how they sold.
6: We had a good sale day, Mr. Lay. Uh, we ended up with 1,645 head of cattle. Market looked steady on the cows. It could have been just a tick off on the calves. It was good, but it was probably just a You Good. Walk the pens with me. Yes, sir. On your weighing cows, uh, thinner, low-yielding cows, 45 to 65. Medium-flesh cows, 72 to 80. Better higher-yielding cows, 83 to 102. Lower-yielding bulls, 85 to 108. Better high-yielding bulls, bring 110 to 120. Didn't have any pairs. Had a few little bred cows, bring... 13.50 to 16.50. Cat market looked good today. I can see it off in a couple spots. Seemed like the bigger cattle are getting a little cheaper. Two to three weight steers, 225 to 357. Heifers, 215 to 310. Three to four weight steers, 220 to 340. Heifers, 210 to $3. Four to five weight steers, 215 to $3. Heifers, 190 to 287. Five to six weight steers, two bucks to 282. Heifers, 185 to 260. Six to seven weight steers, 185 to 242. Heifers, 180 to 237. Seven to eight weight steers, 174 to two 10 heifers 170 to 190 and 800 to a thousand pound steers and bullioners bring 165 to two bucks heifer 130 to 160 so it sounds like you had a good sale what was the count 1645
4: good deal Did anybody tell you they're going to be back next week with some
6: oh yes sir yeah we got some more lined up uh looking forward to another good sale I should like to remind everybody we, we are having our special sale here in columbus december the 29th uh that's on a friday 12 o'clock y'all come see us we'll have around a thousand females and somewhere around 70 80 bull
4: tell everybody how to contact you doug
6: yes sir call me on my cell 979-877-4454 or at the office 979-732-2622 we appreciate you good evening to you yes sir good evening thank you
4: mr and neighbor thank you too for listening to walk in the Pins here on the texas farm bureau radio network that was my friend doug bass cattleman's columbus i'm larry marble and neighbor you're listening to us on texas ag today
9: lean hogs were even to lower on thursday due to some spillover from softness in the cattle markets December lean hogs even at sixty seven fifty five. February lean hogs down a dollar fifty two to sixty seven seventy seven. Block cheese fell a penny Thursday to a dollar sixty two. Barrel cheese down two cents to a dollar fifty nine. Dryway fell three quarters of a cent to thirty nine and a half cents. December Class 3 milk down 7 cents to 1626 100 weight. January Class 3 milk down 39 cents to 1660 100 weight. Cotton closed essentially limit up on Thursday thanks to positive economic numbers from China. March cotton up 284 points to 82.59. May cotton up 262 points to 83.07. July cotton up 236 points to 83.29. December corn up three and a half to four sixty eight and a quarter. March corn up three and three quarters to four eighty eight. May corn up three and three quarters to four ninety nine and a half. December hard red winter wheat up eleven and a half to six sixty two and a quarter. March hard red winter wheat up eleven and a half to six sixty seven and a half. May hard red wheat up ten to six sixty nine and a half. January natural gas rose a penny Thursday to 258. February natural gas even at 251. January crude oil up seven cents to 69.45 a barrel. February crude oil up six cents to 69.71 a barrel. The Dow up 64 points to 36,116. The S&P 500 up 33 points Thursday to 4,582, and the Nasdaq up 175 points to 14,300. And that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. We hope you join us next time for the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Jessica Dommel. I hope to see you then.
1: Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org